0: In and where is Krishna Das Kaviraj? Where did Lord Goranga, the great dancer, suddenly go? I will smash my head against the rock and enter into the fire. Where will I find Lord Goranga, the reservoir of all wonderful qualities? Being unable to obtain the association of Lord Goranga, accompanied by all his devotees, in whose association he performed his pastimes, the Rotam Das. In words. This is the song Sri Prabhupada gave us to sing uh, to commemorate the disappearance of Great Vaishnavas, and of course today the disappearance, the bitter-sweet disappearance anniversary of Sri Prabhupada. So how much more does this apply uh, to him? In our case, we'll see in the Thalavicharya seminars which start tonight. How Nirotam Das Thakur wrote this song um, in separation from Lord Chaitanya and his associates. And also his own Guru Maharaj, which is who is another than Shiva Lokana, Das Paswan. And we'll also see how Nirosam and his Diksha Guru Lokana, they all had their they found their core identity and their core relationship so with Sri Rupa Goswami. You'll see that. Oh, Sri Rupa Goswami, he was the first founder of Acharya of the Hare Krishna movement. It was called... Um, I forget the name now uh, in Sanskrit. Hmm. That's the first name in Sanskrit of the Hare Krishna movement. Uh, the the Sangha uh Vaishnavas uh, who worship the supreme Vaishnav, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Not only was it bittersweet when Sri Prabhupada left the school, but the whole last year the Prabhupada was with us, if you've read the Sri Prabhupada Namrita was it had that bittersweet quality, especially after May 77 was the last year. In May, Srila he made one mighty effort to get his health back. Nothing was working. If you heard the recordings from the War Purine Festival, out there, Prabhupada um, became so ill that he couldn't even get class toward the end of the pretty early on, after the festival started. So they were trying different things, and finally in May, Prabhupada was in Bombay, and someone suggested the Rishikesh. You may have seen the pictures or the films. So the devotees, a rather large party, go with Prabhupada to Rishikesh. And because there, there's pure water, that's where the Ganga starts up high, so it's not like, you know, down further stream. Where there's so many other things in the water. So, Prabhupada is there, and it's pure air, pure water, pure followers. And if you've seen the films or the pictures, it's still not working. Prabhupada is looking very wan and uh, just skeletal, not just thin, but practically skeletal, looking very thin and they're trying. They were there for maybe five days, and it didn't work. So then Srila Papa told the devotees, so, if I'm to pass away, then uh, then I have to go to Vrindavan. Because Prabhupada told us, he said, to be born in Vrindavan is good, to live there is better, but to die there is best.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. so, so naturally the devotees were very sad. I mean they're happy to go with Prabhupada, but now Prabhupada is telling them, frankly, my manifest Lila, it's winding up. So we have to go to um, Vrindavan. And so in Vrindavan, we'll look at this in lesson eight. To love is to cooperate. In Vrindavan, Prabhupada was over the course of the year he was getting more and more weak. At first they were taking him on he was walking and then he had to take him on talent and then finally he couldn't even leave his, his bed. And the mood of Prabhupada last year was, of course he's in the topmost level of devotion. He's Uttam, Anikari, Mahabhagavad, Shakti, Vishabhata, Anitya Siddha, all those things. But Prabhupada during his preaching leader most of the time with us, he was behaving like a Madhyam because he had to relate to everybody appropriately to bring them to Krishna consciousness. But in the last year, he was just, he wasn't scolding anybody anymore. He wasn't correcting. Them. He was just in the mood of ultimate gratitude, ultimate humility. He even said to, we'll take a look at this in Lesson 2, he even said very near the end to Bhakti the truth, Maharaj, he said, call all the Gandhas. I have to apologize to them. Today. Because to protect the Hare Krishna movement, Srila Prabhupada had to stay and write and publish some very heavy things about what happened to the Sangha of his own Guru Maharaj, the Bodhi Mission. He did not want that to happen to ISKCON. So protect this time to protect our Sangha. He said some very heavy things, but in his last year, Prabhupada, because he was in the mood of Bhuttam and he wasn't uh, descending the Madhyam to preach, he was saying, all of the god brothers, uh, I want to apologize to them. So many of them came, and they all came in the room where Prabhupada was, and he said, uh, please forgive me. I am Mahapatita. I am greatly fallen. So one Ashram Maharaj, who became kind of the spokesman for the God brothers, he said, no, no, you're not Mahapatita. You're Mahapatita pada You're the savior of the fallen. And remember that these are the same people. Uh, many of them. Many of them appreciated Prabhupada's work, but many of them were disturbed by what Swami Maharaj, how he was spreading the movement, allowing men and women to serve together in the same centers, centers allowing us to call him Shiva Prabhupada, which they thought was only for the likes of Shri Bhakti or Shri Rupa Goswami. But now that Prabhupada gathered them in his quarter with disappearance quarters, they became very uh, changed by Prabhupada's humility. So when Ashram Maharaj said that, that dear um, that Mahavati to Prabhupada, Prabhupada was saying, no, no, I became very proud. Mm-hmm. So many disciples came, so much lakshmi came, so many um, projects came. And so Ashram Maharaj said, no, no, all these things followed you like maidservants. Because of your purity, you did what Guru Maharaj asked us all to do, but you did it. You know when they go when Bhaktisiddhanta uh, sent the first Gaudiya Vaishnava preachers, Gaudiya Vaishnav Math preachers, to Europe in the nineteen thirties, and then they came back without much result. Um, because they just couldn't penetrate. They couldn't penetrate the thick covering of passionate ignorance. It's uh, like uh, the famous story of one Marquis of Zetland approached uh, Bhakti Maharaj in England and said, Swami can you make me a brahmi? Oh yes, that's very simple. We just avoid intoxication, illicit sex, meat eating, and gambling. To which the Marquis replied, Impossible! <laughs> So that was their... the godi Math preachers and that was the impression of the wrestlers. They couldn't even follow the basic principles to become human, what to speak of, you know, becoming Vaishnavas. So when they came back, Bhaktisiddha Bhaktisiddhanta recalled them because it wasn't uh, really... it was very expensive to support these people everywhere. But he called them back and... Uh, Later on we'll hear in lesson one of the lessons I end, where Sri Maharaj told Srila Prabhupada the night or in nineteen seventy-six. He said, Swami Maharaj, when our godbrothers came back from Europe without much to show for it, we were thinking, how could it be? Mahaprabhu's M- this prophecy that's in the chaitanya Bhagavan. nagaradi and as many towns and villages there are on the surface of the earth, my holy name will be preached. How could that be? Because these people, they're just like dogs, hogs, scandals, and asses. So Sriramara said, we were thinking this prophecy must be some kind of poetic hyperbole. It must be some just fanciful, like almost like a wish. But then Sri Maharaj said, But Swami Maharaj, you've done it. You've done it. Therefore, Shakti Aliyevish. So we'll look at that in the later lesson. So, um, so then Ashram Maharaj Back to I think this is October <coughs> '77. Said um, when Prabhupada said no, I became proud. Then Ashramar said no, no, you are our leader. You can chastise us. You are you are our elder. Uh, you are you are the leader. So finally they were re- they were recognizing him publicly his his position and actually the leader of the Vaishnavas And, yeah, so, in the last year, um, so Prabhupada, he was just appreciating the devotees too, the risk kind of devotees. Anytime anybody would visit uh, Prabhupada, the tears would flow and he just remembered everything that they did for him to fulfill the mission of his Guru Maharaj. So there was no more, uh, you yeah, chastising. So people always ask me, so what are your past times with Sri Prabhupada? I always say, I don't have any. Because I was just a, I was too scared. I just kept my distance. I was too young, too dumb, too scared. I'll <laughs> give you a little glimpse of that. I don't think I told in the last class. I forget, I did it here as well again. Anyway, the Prabhupada's last visit to New York. It was 1976, that's the Los Angeles temple. And I was serving at the BBT. I made the indexes in the back of the, in the back of the Bhagavatams, And my roommate was of Brahmachari, and you know as Devamarta Swami now. He was a proofreader. And Jayadwada Brahmachari, he was the editor. So it was a whole production line. So Prabhupada was in L.A. for about 10 days, and after about a week, I said uh, to Dave Ritta, I said, uh, hey Devam, Prabhupada's been here a whole week. Isn't it great? I don't know how much longer I can take it. So it sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? What did I mean? Do you know what I meant? Prabhupada was living across the street in his rooms. 3764 Seca Avenue. We were living across the street and also on the corner of Seca and Venice Boulevard, 9711 Venice Boulevard, in our DBT apartment. We weren't in Hari Shari's position. Hari Shari was the servant at the time. For any time, day or night, if Hari Shari heard that bell, he had to be up. And in that room, in a nanosecond, right So we weren't living like that. We were living comfortably in our BBT apartment. Carrying, you know, with our routine, I think it was, let's see, June, it was 7th Canto? 3rd, part 3. Yeah, 3rd, part. Originally it came out of three lines, the 7th Canto. So we were going about our routine and we were attending Prabhupada's classes and we were going on morning walks sometimes and, and then uh, Yadavara Prabhu showed Prabhupada the spiritual frontier movie about Newton and But just because Prabhupada was in the neighborhood, his Krishna consciousness, we could feel it. And it was like a blazing fire. <coughs> So, unless you became like fire like that, you felt a little burned. It's something like a hot sweet chutney. (laughs) Too hot to bear, too sweet to resist. So I said after a week, hey Deva, Prabhupada's been here a whole week. Isn't it great? I don't know how much more I can take it. Because in Prabhupada's just neighborhood presence, it was really Krishna, Krishna, Krishna 24 7. There was no room for the false ego, no room for gross or subtle maya, right? So me being a neophyte, I felt like that. And I was always kind of like that in Prabhupada's presence. So I will tell you now how Prabhupada prepared me for his disappearance. He disappeared, as you know, on November 14, 1977 in Vrindavan, in the ideal situation, surrounded by Loving Disciples and those who were there, if they'd if been here, I'm sure they have told you about it. That was like, everybody was there. The Celestials, you know, Kishi, um, Radha, and Krishna. But I wasn't there. But, and I'll tell you where I wasn't in there, but two years earlier, uh, I had an experience that was a preparation for Prabhupada leaving. Uh, it was nineteen seventy-five. It was in by the way, the fans are a little fast for me. And can, I, can you turn it down without turning it off? I know you you probably gonna get hot if you turn it off. But I'm the guy that gets cold first. <laughs> Old and cold buddy. Just turn it down a little bit. Okay. Um so it was Miami, Florida. Have you heard of Miami? Yeah, it's the uh, southeast United States. It's sort of a peninsula, you know, a little geography sticks out. And it's a big Latino community. Anyway, so, um, so I was in Miami. True confession.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And because I was distributing Srila Prabhupada's books, but after five years in the Hare Krishna movement, I joined in 1970, so this is 75. I knew where I belonged. I knew what my sva what my sva my svakarna was. And of course this is all pre We're still pre-Garnashramiskan after all these years. Um, We'll look at that in lesson six. So, I was really disturbed, because I was distributing books, I could do it, and it was, you know, it was very pleasing to share with popcorn. But right around that time, there began a real emphasis on getting more money from the people. Hmm. And I didn't know I had to get more money from people without them knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't squeeze them for money without them feeling the squeezed. Has Vaisheshika Prabhu been here? Okay, So well, you know Vaisheshika Prabhu, He wrote the wonderful Our Family Business Book. And the bottom line, as Vaisheshika Prabhu says, every person we meet, they should be left with at least a favorable impression. Right? But I was even—they were even getting books from me. But they were feeling squeezed, so it wasn't even good, no. So I didn't like this emphasis on money. And anyway, I was—I knew that I belonged more working on the books, preparing the books at the BBT. So that's another seminar that happened. But. Anyway, it was Miami, it was February nineteen seventy-five. It was actually February twenty it was late twenties. Late twenties, somewhere in twenty-seventh perhaps. So I was living in Gainesville, Florida, where we have where today we have this nice program called Krishna House. It's the most successful college preaching in America. Where five days a week the devotees go to the campus and they have traditional lunch and they serenade the devotees with bhajan and it's like very inexpensive. It's something the students can afford and it's blessed pure food. And so that's where it starts. And then if the students like, if they're intrigued by the food, it always starts with the food, right? As you well know here in Australia. With the all your restaurants and food for life and catering and it's great. So, um, anyway, I was living in Gainesville, Florida, but this is, this is decades before Krishna lunch. This is just Gainesville, this kind. And I was a typical Burfi-chugging American brahmachari. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so Prabhupada was in Caracas, Venezuela, his one and only visit to the continent of South America. Many co was at a few times that's Central America. So my, so my temple president knew I was having a lot of time. So we went down to uh, Miami from Gainesville and uh, Amarandra, my temple president, who's now an ISKCON attorney, said that Hey, Sureshwar, how'd you like to go on a morning walk with Sri the Prabhupada? Now I had never been in a situation with Prabhupada less than 100 people, more like sometimes 300. Yeah, we'd see him once a year, Because right? it was 14 global trips in 12 years. So I said, yeah. So I jumped at it. It was a gray, drizzly morning in Miami Beach. And um, where Prabhupada was walking, The sand was very steep. The sand was coming down, really steep. And then the Atlantic Ocean was coming up. And it only left, I think it was coming to be high tide. So, the only place we could walk was this pretty narrow path in between the steep sand and the surging tide. So. So, Prabhupada, so we're walking single mile. And Prabhupada was in the lead. You know, you hear in recordings, Prabhupada came, right? And uh, and then someone would call out a question from behind. And to, to answer the question, Prabhupada would turn and he'd face all of us. So we were always jockeying for position. We could be close to Prabhupada. So at one point in the walk, I came. Oh, somebody asked a question and Prabhupada stopped and I stopped right in back of Prabhupada's head I mean literally this far from him but I was in such maya all I could do was think wow I'm right in back of Prabhupada's head Jangan Kuru. Shanti Shabattara Sri I was just looking in his head I didn't hear the question. I didn't hear Prabhupada's answer as he started the turn. Start I was looking at the few silver hairs that was a shikha that were coming down to the bottom of his neck from the veil patterned baldness. His golden brown skin. and skin. Now just looking at Prabhupada's skull, like a some kind of guru grupi You know, they say guru grupi That's how I was. Because I had never been physically that close to Prabhupada, and I was just star right? So, Prabhupada answered the question, which I didn't hear. And as soon as I thought, wow, I am riding back at Sri Ramadha's head, then I got a very clear heart transmission. There wasn't a voice in the sky, there wasn't skywriting, it wasn't like I saw, Flashes or anything, but it was a very clear, Tene Brahma Vrida. Papa told me at initiation, Your name is a name for Brahma. Sureshva means controller of the demigods. It's a name for Brahma. You are Sureshva Das, you are servant of the controller. So, Tene Brahma Vrida, I got a real clear message. And you know what the voice said? It was pretty scary. Yes, you are riding back with Srila Prabhupada's head. But you, my friend, are unlimited light years away from Srila Prabhupada. You are nowhere near him. And I became mortified. Oh my God, I'm in such Maya. Here I am, riding back with Srila Prabhupada. But I'm nowhere near him. And then, in the next instant, I became ecstatic because I realized It's true! Vani is more important than Bhaku. If I'm living in the love and the light of Prabhupada's Vani, his instructions, his vibration, and I'm with him, and if I'm just thinking in terms of the bodily concept of life, I'm lost. So that prepared me because I was thinking, it's true, actually. Everybody has an equal opportunity to be close to Mm Srimad Prabhupada by living in the love and the light of His spoken word and written word. It's not just about a few people on His personal party, His Sanskrit, His servant, and His secretary, and His golden. No. Everybody has equal opportunity. So that prepared me. Okay. So then, back to 1977. So as you know, with practically nobody left in September of 77, Prabhupada tried to do one more world tour. He did. He tried, and he was down to like, you know, 30 kg or some crazy thing. And Prabhupada said, "This is just a bag of bones." Bag of and then he said, in another case, he said, This body, all the windows are broken, but there's still a light on inside. Because he was still dictating. You've seen, the, you've seen the film, right? You've seen the pictures where Jayadwada Brahmachari is holding up the mic. Because he could hardly hear. He was practically whispering. And juniors giving the uh, the Sanskrit and Prabhupada's giving the translation to so the Brahma Vivovanadila. Yeah. Yeah. And when we got that copy, when we got that third after Prabhupada passed away at the BBT, we were stunned. Because there's Prabhupada lying on his disappearance bed. But, but he's dictating these incredible reports, very complex, all about, because it's about, you know, Brahma stealing the calves, cows, coward boys, and Brahma goes, and he's talking, there's, proper talks about time on different planets. It's very scientific, it's very sophisticated, and Brahma's practically got no body left. He's totally beyond the bodily concept of life. And he's even cracking jokes about four headed scientists. How um, they'll never you know, like Brahmā, they'll never, like Brahmā, he's the biggest, he's the Adi Kavi in the universe. He's the head of our He's the first created being. So Prabhupāda said, but the four-headed scientists, they will never understand uh, these things by speculation. Yeah. Yeah. So, So so Prabhupada tries to do one more world tour. And he he had already given us a prayer. You probably know the prayer. Oh, um, my dear Lord Krishna, if you so desire, please cure Shriya Prabhupada. If you so desire. Right? It's up to Krishna. And we were begging Prabhupada to stay. I mean, we all were. Especially, you know, people who were with Shriya Prabhupada. So, with practically nobody left. Prabhupada goes Delhi to London. And he gets... And they're all... They're just carrying Prabhupada. You know, he, had, he could lie down. He lay down on the plane. There was a small party. Small Krishna Maharaj. Abhiram from Prabhupada's nurse at the time. The Pendra, I believe, was there. Yeah. So, so, Prabhupada was so weak <coughs> that he could not even speak. Or he might have given us a very short talk this when he arrived at the manor. And of course everybody's shocked to see Sri Prabhupada looking like a skeleton. And and everybody totally shocked. So then so then Prabhupada he comes down stairs at one point with Tamal Krishna Maharaj. And Prabhupada asks Tamal Krishna Maharaj to speak because Prabhupada is too weak to actually speak. So, Tamal Krishna Maharaj, he proceeds to regale the devotees with highlights of Prabhupada's preaching yoga. Because it's right at the end. Fourteen times in twelve years, Prabhupada's attempting fifteen, he got as far as the manor, And so, at one point, in, in TKG's talk he said of course Srila Prabhupada he only uh, was with his Guru Maharaj five or six times which is true physically Prabhupada was only with Srila Bhakti Siddhanta five or six times so but when Tamal said that Prabhupada interrupted him and he said actually there was never a time when I did not feel my Guru Maharaj right by my side. He was fully absorbed in Vani Prabhupada, Vani Bhakti Siddhanta. So that's that's a very powerful message and I just like to share with you before we go into uh where I was on that fateful day. Um, it was pretty early in Prabhupada's, relatively early, Prabhupada's preaching leave. It was 1971, January. And Her Grace, the late, great, Jumuna Vigidassi, was with Prabhupada's party of, as he called us then, uh, dancing white elephants. Mm-hmm. Because Prabhupada knew that if he brought the Westerners to India, they would be a novelty, right? <coughs> Western Vaishnavas—it sounds like a contradiction. How can you have that? So they were a big hit, if, as you know, if you've the Bhagavata. And then um, Prabhupada took them to uh, the mela in Allahabad, Prayag, and they had a good start the authorities had given them a good place. And they had tents. The men had a tent, the women had a tent. There was a cooking tent. Prabhupada had his own tent. It was very cold. It was very austere. So, Prabhupada, um, may, many people were coming to see Prabhupada for his talks, Prabhupada. So, one fine morning, Prabhupada spoke. But before he spoke, the devotees of course had to set up the, the tent with chairs and then um, they were waiting for Sri to come out. So my grandsister Jamuna, who whose voice we hear every morning of course, in Darshan Arti, she was sitting right in the middle of the chairs, right in front of Sri because that's where she always sat. Ever since San Francisco, 1967, when Prabhupada established the temple in the Eighth Ashbury in the middle of the counterculture, hippie land. So she was used to sitting right, front, and center, so she wouldn't miss a word, because she was so attached to hearing Shiva Prabhupada speak. So they're waiting for Prabhupada to come out, and is sitting there, and she's softly chanting her mala, and then she hears a voice. Jamona. You see where the Indian ladies are sitting kind of off to the side and behind? (coughs) You should sit in that. It's India, right? (laughs) So Jamona thought, what's this? I I always sit right in front. Right where Shiva Prabhupada is. I don't want to miss anything. So uh, so she looks around and there, sure enough, there are these Madajis sitting on the side, a little behind. So she thinks to herself, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. Let me uh, let me see, let me try this. So she gets up, and she goes and sits with the Indian ladies. And then Shiva Prabhupada comes out and gives this beautiful lecture and there's questions and answers and Prabhupada beautifully answers all the questions. And then everybody leaves. And then the devotees, between uh, speeches, between engagements, and they're running around sitting up for the next engagement. Now Prabhupada is in his tent and he's chanting his java. And, uh, and, but the tent only comes down to maybe as high as this, so he can see from the the bottom of the tent to the ground. He can see Dodi and saris walking past his tent, and he can see, so he and he, he knows who's Dodi and who's Sari, you know who's wearing what. <laughs> Trumpet always knew everything, you know, the details. So uh, so Jamuda was walking by his tent on some. Errand. And so all of a sudden when you go to walk by Prabhupada's tent, uh, she hears Janna. That's how Prabhupada always, you know, like in way, the wives become J's, right? Janna. So she goes in and then she bows down. Yes, Jumura Prabhupada. So Prabhupada says, So, you don't like to hear me anymore? <laughs> that was too much for Jamuna. She just burst out crying, sobbing uncontrollably, inconsolably. And then finally when she collects herself, she she tells Prabhupada what happened that this sannyasi, this rookie sannyasi, nouveau Sannyasi has suggested to her that it would be more appropriate she sit for the ending place and then she says the Prabhupada what should I do? so Prabhupada didn't say a word for a long time he just put his head down mm. and then finally he said Yes, this is India. And all of a sudden, Jamuna had an epiphany, a realization, that it's not the Hay anymore. It's not the West. That according to time, country, candidate, Prabhupada was presenting the Hare Krishna movement. And just like the old saying, when in roamed it was a Roman school. So he was indicating to Jamuna that this was actually the etiquette in India. So then Jamuna got this. And so she she said to Shivraupa, Shivraudha how many times were you with were you with your Guru Maharaj? Now it's a different time, place, circumstance. Before Tamal had said, you no, was only with his Guru Maharaj five or six times. And then Prabhupada gave that answer. No, there was never a moment, but I didn't think... But in this case, for Jumura's benefit, he said, oh, maybe five or six times. But those were very intimate times. Intimate. Guru Maharaj, he always wanted to confide something in me. We'll look at that later. How Prabhupada became a very confidential disciple of Sri Ramadhi Siddhanta. And then... Prabhupada said, Guru Maharaj told me that those who always wanted to be seen with him, like for a photo op, or you know, just wanted to be with Sri bhakti Sanat physically, Guru Maharaj told me that they were like mosquitoes. <laughs> simply sucking blood. <laughs> so that's all Prabhupada said. But Jamuna realized from this exchange that if she wanted to continue being close to Shiva, Prabhupada, she really had to explore this service and separation that we hear about, and really understand that and be in that kind of mood. And after that, she also had a lot of bhaku. She was serving Prabhupada. Incidentally about a lot of at our temple cooking lunch for him every day when Prabhupada was giving these famous nectar devotion lectures for many, many weeks. You'll see that. You'll see a picture of that. So Jaruna understood. Now I didn't have that it wasn't quite as dramatic as that because Prabhupada <laughs> said about Januna. She's in Baba. Right. So he would, he would she was very close to Shiva Prabhupada very even problem my manifest. Again, I was always in the back. I was always too scared. I was always too dumb. I didn't want to commit any offenses. I just hung back. So but there was that moment in that morning walk, February 1975, where I realized I can be close to Shiva Prabhupada someday in my. It's not about problem. Okay, so let's go to November 14, 1977. As you know, Shiva Prabhupada, he was in that house. Have have all of you been to Prabhupada's house?
1: Yeah?
0: Very sacred spot. Yeah? You can feel the energy, it's so powerful. (laughs) Prabhupada's there, and Prabhupada, he, I'm going to read you something. Let's see. If I'm going to read you that yet. Uh, yeah, I am. Okay, let's get a number. Well, let's go to October. I'm going to read you something you probably didn't even know about this. But after His Holiness of Das Goswami wrote Prabhupada's authorized biography, then he had so much more to express to the devotees that he wrote a. Elie in poetry form. Did you know that? It? It's called Remembering Prabhupada. It came out in books, little thin books. And so I'm going to read you just the end. Okay, I'm make this a little bigger in my eyes. Yeah, there we go. Okay. we dispersed. October, quote, let me leave. It was very pleasant weather, but all things pointed to the end. The GBC was called again. Quote, expect the worst. They traveled in sadness, but always knew no soul dies, and especially Prabhupada Will simply go to Krishna Loka. As to this world, he had come in eternal service to his Lord. So if he leaves the world, there is no question of death, but life, of eternal knowledge and bliss. And the followers live with him. On arriving in Vrindavan, he had sung the song by King Kulashekar Let me now die thinking of Krishna. When his men arrived, each carrying some glad tidings, the results of vigorous preaching, they asked him not to leave, but to live. Harikesh Swami produced new books, which pleased and moved the life and soul of Prabhupada. Now you have to get healthy, Harikesh said. Healthy? said Prabhupada. I have nothing to do with this body. How do you say, get well, to someone who is beyond all disease, who says he wants to leave now, to answer the wish of his beloved? He gave last instructions to Brahmananda, quote, jointly organize Africa, united nations under Lord Titania's flag. And when Kirtananda brought gold, sapphire, and rubies, Prabhupada joked, Why don't you find out some bride? (laughs) And he gave back the gifts for use in building new Vrindavan. It is you we want, said Kirtananda. Please come to live in your palace. (laughs) Let us see, said Prabhupada, which palace I am going to. (laughs) Giriraj, Paramananda, Atreya, Lokanam, dozens more, all came and exchanged with him, and though sometimes tears ran, he never wavered. But he stopped calling doctors. Yeah, they were trying all these Ayurvedic doctors. They finally found one in Calcutta that they really liked, and it appeared to be getting results. But then, Prabhupada just stopped it. He said, Better you don't pray to Krishna to save me. Let me go now and you continue singing. He didn't want to eat or drink, but let me drink just Harinam. For diet and medicine, let me depend on these. He wanted to hear what feast had been served to devotees in Vrindavan. Everyone liked, but for himself, he asked only for chanting. Okay, this is October, but then there's a dramatic turn of events in October. This poem is called, this by the way it's a poem, but it's called Free Verse, it's not a writing poem. Please stay, we need you. How we reversed, I have told at length in Prabhupada Lilamrita, but here in brief, he said, I'm not drinking. And when replied, how can you not drink? That you discuss, said Prabhupada. He meant, you can discuss whether I should survive. Everyone was resigned, four men at once massaging him, a dozen at a time in Kirtan. If he spoke at all, they had to crowd around his bed, inches away to hear his voice. He heard Hari Harishali crying, but said, You, go on chanting, but then he opened his eyes and said, The choice is mine. Krishna has given me full freedom. That was a different mood. But at first, no one replied. It took them all together while he was resting to come to the conclusion we should assert ourselves and ask Prabhupada to stay. When strongly they pleaded for his life, admitting, Crying out, "Don't go! We need you!" He agreed with a yawn, in a casual-sounding way. All oh right. And he began to drink again, and called for strawberries. This is real affection, he said. It was a test that they had had, pass- and they had passed it. He had brought them to extreme distress in love for him. And they wrung it out, imploring him to stay with them because their lives were in his hands. Now he agreed to stay for the Bombay opening and to visit the new Vrindavan Palace. He was smiling and they were laughing. All right, he said, but chanting should not be stopped. Things should go on naturally. And then this poem is called "But." But the long-term facts were different. Now in a deeper love exchange, the disciples were insisting he had to stay, but in a gentle way, they began to see Prabhupada was willing, yet there was something more. While he had to teach them how to love him, and while he had to stay to lead them, yet sooner or later he would have to leave. Thus teaching everyone how to leave, and to learn the further lesson, how to manage ISKCON on their own, he had to leave the movement in their hands. Nothing fanatical was one of his expressions. They should not expect him to stay always in the world. This poem is called Last Leelas. By I was visiting Sensor Maharaj in August. And because free verse doesn't mind, and sometimes prose can be very poetic, I said, what really is the difference between prose and poetry? What makes words a poem? And he said, when well, the words are <coughs> most deeply thought and most deeply felt. That's why poetry is the most intense form of the written word. Nice answer. Last Lelas. Thinking that now his free will, thinking that now of his free will, Prabhupada would slowly get better. Most of the GBC left again, while in the pleasant, arctic weather, Prabhupada remained in Vrindavan. But his final lila came to one more month. He began again to translate in the company of devotees, Jayadvaita holding the microphone as weak-sounding but glorious Devotional words came forth from his lips, his final ten canto ecstasies, Krishna expanding into the missing boys and calves. In the very last days, hearing of the bullock card preaching of Logana Swami, Prabhupada wanted to make his own parikram. At first he did it on palanquin around the temple, and then he said, he would like to go on circumambulation of Vrindavan for Govardhan Puja. They could take him to Govardhan Hill and they could all camp together. It would be, quote, a good picnic. But the doctor said his body could never take it. Quote, then to die on Parikram is glorious. As well was. Some of his disciples agreed whatever Prabhupada asked should be given including a last bullock ride. But his servants protested, especially to Mahārājā Maharaj and Balananda Mahārāj at the time, and uh, Bhārājā Mahārāj, they just they couldn't, they couldn't tolerate it, that Prabhupāda would be allowed to go on a bouncing bullock car ride. But his servants protested, again, the conflict of love. You cannot go, Prabhupāda, They cried in anxious grief. All right, he said, I will not go. You are making us crazy in love for you. Yes, that is my duty. (laughs) I remember that. We heard that because all these things we would hear anything that Prabhupada said was it would come back to us, you know, in some uh, some way. Didn't know it was before email and facts and anything. Somehow we would hear these things, probably by some telephone. November 14th, 1977. There was no last-minute change. In the center of a room full of devotees, all singing the holy names, he went back to Godhead. It was actually 7.24 p.m. I.S.T. Uh, yes, um, so tonight... I think I'll announce this now. You know, tonight's also the beginning of the seminars. So it's going to be a real challenge. Because Especially there's a poster out there and it says 7 o'clock we're going to offer lunch to Prabhupada and 7.30 we're going to have an RT. Uh-uh. We're not going to do that. If we're going to start this seminar at a reasonable hour, which has got to be 7.30 to 9. Instead of 7 to 8.30 is advertised because it's the Tiruvah we have to observe that we have to do 7.30 to 9. So it's 7. We actually have to do seven. we're going to have lunch. It's going to have to be really quick but we're going to have to do an RT for Prabhupada and by the time 7.24 comes we're going to have to blow that conch bow down and come down and hear the Tandaracharya. In other words, if you're If you're going to come to that seminar and pass the word around, you've got to be in those seats in the theater before 7.30 so we can start at a reasonable time. Please. (laughs) Because the later it gets, the more tired I get, the more tired you get. It's not the way to do seminars. We're doing two Fridays in the evening and otherwise Saturday, Sunday morning and afternoon. So that's, that's better. I'll read that again. It's just five lines. November 14, 1977, there was no last-minute change. In the center of a room full of devotees, all singing the holy names, he went back to Godhead. As soon as the Kaviraj waved his hand, he put the cotton swab, there was no breath, and Kaviraj indicated, he's gone up. the Prabhupada, if his prophet, if have seen the image, his mouth is open, he's leaving out the mouth. 7.24 p.m. and And then, Satsumaraj, there's one last poem. Service and separation. Then there was grief all over the world for the devotees of Krishna. In Africa, they cried. In America, one devotee walked out of the house and into the woods where they hung up the phone and they cried wherever there were devotees. Yet the sincere soon noticed somehow we are living still. Our purpose is still strong, our duties have not lessened, and the need seems even greater to rescue the fallen souls. There is still someone to please. Sri Prabhupada is present, he lives forever by his divine instructions and the follower lives with him. That's how Prabhupada dedicated the Bhagavatam, his Indian Bhagavatams. On the occasion of his Guru Mahārājās, on the 26th anniversary of the Guru Mahārājās disappearance, he lives forever by his divine instructions, and the follower lives with him. Yet the sincere, okay, we just did that. The day before he passed away, his disciples were Krishna conscious, and the day after he left, they were still Krishna conscious. But if their lives depended on him, how was it possible to live after he left? The answer came clear, this was service and separation. What before they had read in books as the vote of the gopis, they now found in themselves as an ever-present strength. As sure as the vital air, as sure as the rising sun, as sure as Krishna himself, Prabhupada was present in his order. Service and separation became union with him. The books all confirmed it as even stronger than his physical presence, which had come and gone. By service and separation, his presence became an open love to whoever was sincere. Now, from the smaller to the greatest, all can enter his presence. Whoever cares and serves, Siddhartha is still in charge of the faithful heart. He is still flowing nectar to the river of his followers, and his movement won't collapse, because Parampara is guided by the Lord's own hand. Siddhartha, Ki yeah. so, we're not having, we're fasting to another but I'll just tell you where I was. And as you probably heard Prabhupada's disciples say, even though it was obvious that Prabhupada's body was dwindling, 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 that there was no way he could really stay in that body, we just couldn't imagine Prabhupada not being with us, you know, physically. We just couldn't imagine it. So we were in, as they say, absolute denial. So, it was a shock when Prabhupada left. So, it was 7.24pm in Vrindavan time, and um, in America, we got the words in the morning. Uh, the previous morning so where was I well I was serving at the BBT um, and but I wasn't in Los Angeles sometimes we um, because LA has anybody been to Los Angeles okay so it's pretty hectic. it's a big it's a big freeway it's <laughs> zoom, zoom, and and it, Venice and Waitsika, where the community It's right on the, it's right Venice Boulevard is the main artery. So anyway, so t- so us we BBT workers sometimes to do to do our work we would take a little break we would go down sixty miles south to Laguna Beach where it's a little more mellow and we're right on the ocean and but that weekend. Uh, it was a weekend. Um, uh, yeah, well it was a new month, you know. So that weekend, Goetan Puja had passed. Uh, I was invited up to Berkeley, California. This is the bay area where San Francisco is, and then across the bay, San the Francisco Bay, there's Berkeley on the other side of the bay. So that's where the temple was uh, by then. So I was invited up by a friend of mine who was a temple president, and uh, so it was a nice kabudan puja and everything was very wonderful, festival and classes. And, and then uh, what was, was the morning, uh, the morning, the previous morning, or evening of Prabhupada, I was invited by the Sankirtan leader, my god brother Haripad Prabhu to address the book distributors because he thought it would be very in- inspiring for the book distributors to hear how the books were produced because I was on the production line. And I was the last guy. They were always telling me to hurry up because I, was, I got the copy last. You know? uh-huh. The tapes would come in from Sri Prabhupada and then they'd be transcribed and then they'd go to, and then printed and then Jayadwada Dramachari would edit them for clarity and force and proper English. So, uh, so, by the time I got the copy, they were always telling me, now, Sureshi, you've got to do this really fast, you know, but indexing is a really intense thing. You know? so, yeah. so, so, uh, so Haripad said, why don't you address the book distrib- distributors? We have our own little ashram, and we have breakfast together, and you can tell us how the books are produced, the very books they're distributing. I said, great. I used to distribute books, I I told them, and and so I know it from their end and I know it from the production end, too. I can take them on a tour. So, uh, so I was doing that. They were having prasad and I was addressing them. And then at one point I noticed during my talk, Haripad leaving the room. He was leaving the room to take the call, little did I know it was Ramaswara Maharaj at the time, uh, on the line from L.A. to tell Haripad the news. Okay. So, Haripada disappears to take a call, and then he reappears at another point in my talk. And he went like this, time out. He called time, He, he wanted to he wanted me to pause so we could make the announcement. So we made the announcement. Rabbus, His Divine Grace, Shiva Kalpapa, has just left this world. And everybody was just stunned. Stunned silence. Nobody said a word. My talk was finished. Everybody's breakfast was finished. We were just stunned. So finally I got up. And and I walked with a brahmacharya, his name was Doctor Bill. You know, some years later he became uh, Baladev Vidyabhusha, the Buddha, right hand man. You know, he was just for decades. And I, so I was walking with Doctor Bill back to where I was staying. And all I can remember is this. I kept saying to Bill, we've got to cooperate. We've got to cooperate. We've gotta cooperate, because that's what we heard Prabhupada said after he signed his will, before and after. Your love from be shown how, by how you cooperate to keep this institution together after I leave. You'll see that. We do in lesson eight. The lesson is called to love is to cooperate. That'll be sad to be nine. Yeah. And then I was my My visit was up, so I just, someone drove me to the airport and I got on a plane, I was flying back to Southern California, Berkeley's in Northern California, and I just remember the plane ride, the plane ride back, jamming, jamming on the plane, and looking down at the earth, you know how you look when you're on a plane ride and the earth looks so small? Well this time the earth looked like... The whole world was vacant, void, like in the Shri The whole world seemed, you know, Shri Myayitam The whole world seemed void because no longer was graced by the speak of Sri Chastik. And then I arrived in Orange County Airport, where the Buddha beach was, and the devotee picked me up, that's what I was to do my indexing. And we didn't, he also didn't say a word because we didn't have to do this. each other, and we drove in silence, japa, silence, back to the temple. And I walked in, and the devotees were having, for the first time, they were singing what we sang in the beginning of this class, Yayanila that His Grace Avide Prabhu, my godmother. I think you know famous Kirtaniya and they were singing it for the first time after Prabhupada left and it was very at first it was very somber and slow moving but then the more the Kirtan went on the more we all had the same experience that we realized that Prabhupada is still present like Nara. He's still present more than ever. It's not that just a few people are intimate with Prabhupada as his personal traveling party, but he left this world as one devotee who was in that room in out and said, Shiva Prabhupada left this world and entered into all of our hearts, deeper than ever. So we were all feeling that in separation. And the here time became ecstatic. We were just, Prabhupada's here, with all of us, more than ever. So, when we do these seminars, this is a big message I want to share with you. I share in practically every lesson, that just because you may not have seen Prabhupada physically, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it really, really doesn't matter. The Babu was only an inspiration to serve the Vani Prabhupada forever. I was right in the back of his head. I was in total Maya on that morning walk. And then when he disappeared, I felt so by that time, I felt so much closer to Shiva Prabhupada. And now, what we have, Prabhupada's in film and at the push of a button, you can hear wherever he's, whatever he's saying, anywhere. Prabhupada is so much more available now than he was before. That was only a dream, we would say, at the press. Wouldn't it be great at the BBT? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wonderful. But just at the push of a button, you could call up whatever Prabhupada said, anywhere, anytime. Because we didn't know all the letters and all the, you know, we just did a little, a little
1: keyhole, glimpse of Prabhupada.
0: And now you can see, hear, Prabhupada, anytime, anywhere. And that's Prabhupada, his, as he said, his separated energy. (laughs) When you hear the recording of me, that's my separated energy. We can serve him in separation and be even closer to him in, in separation, longing to go with him. And then, when we leave this world, as people of my generation more and more, you know, we're leaving this world at a rapid rate, we can go to Prabhupada. We can follow him right out of this world. So, um, well, it's quarter after nine. Would you like to do Q&A, or we just, end? okay, I'm going to stop there. Thank you for letting me share that, and if anybody has any questions or comments, I'm probably going to ask you to come to the seminar and find out the answer. <laughs> That's the trick, right? Anyway, questions, comments, reflections, anyone? Prabhupada, where were you in Prabhupada this morning? You were in Okay. As I was sharing with Prabhupada, Prabhu, who has been kindly sharing lunch with me, uh, I never saw a Prabhupada in India, where he was making himself more available in Bhopal because it is so hard for us Westerners to stay in India and you know, all the water and the air and the cow the dung fires and the, I mean that was before Bisleri. You know, we were we were drinking pump of water and getting sick as dogs. Mm-hmm. So you were in Mayapur, do you remember the spot you were in when you heard the news? We were the yeah. temple You were in the temple room? Yeah. Actually, they, um, uh, after Nombardi, they wanted to make an answer. That's And sure. they couldn't, 10 people could say that, properly. they didn't want to say it. Yeah, they said Popeye last night and then that's it, they could they couldn't, yes. Ah, we all need uh, brothers, yeah. Brothers, brothers. Yeah, yes. But he lives forever by his divine instructions. Ooh. Maybe we need a mic? Is there a no,
1: no, no. We need a mic. Okay, you have one of those voices like Hanjan. How you explain the difference between poetry and prose? Yeah. Um, can you comment like, on like Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam, poetry? That's right. So, how
0: much deeper that must be? Yes. Because it's God's poetry, or it's the pure devotee's poetry. Right? Uh, the, the British poet William Wordsworth defined poetry as intense emotion recollected in tranquility. So, <laughs> How much more? And that's just mundane poetry, which is so amazing, still. Like Shakespeare. I mean, Shakespeare was so empowered that he gave up, you know. To be or not to be, that is the question, whether to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. You know, this whole, yeah. So, what to speak of... Uh, um, this is the absolute truth. So the words are not different from the truth. It's not ordinary or words. You're going to see in lesson 10 how uh, my dear pastor, Suga Green Devi, when she was initiated, three days after she was initiated in Montreal, she said, uh, Swami Ji, when you're not here... No, it was Prabhupada by that that, By that spring, he became Prabhupada. Prabhupada, when you're not here, I feel so far away from you. And Prabhupada said, oh, that you should not think. You're going to hear a clip of this in Lesson 10. Oh, that you should not think. And then Prabhupada describes, there are two conceptions of the spiritual master. He didn't say Vani he said vibration and physical, because he was spoon-feeding us Westerners' concepts in English. Right? And then he said, uh, just like when we open the Bhagavad Gita, we immediately are in Krishna's presence, just by vibrating Krishna's words. And similarly, the words of the spiritual master. It's not different. So you shouldn't think, you should just remember the words of the spiritual master, repeat his words, and you'll never uh, you'll never be apart. You'll always be close. Beautiful the way he said that. Yeah, so what to speak of words by Krishna and words about Krishna? It's how we can cleanse our hearts, Chaita Dharma Rajan. Yeah. We can just kick out the garbage, replace the garbage and line our our mind with these beautiful Word pictures. Yeah. Right? <coughs> one should meditate upon the Supreme Person as the one who knows everything, Krishna says in the 8th chapter. rupa aditya I mean, this, this is beautiful poetry, and it's all the absolute truth. It doesn't get old. It's not like in English we have, a rose is a rose is a rose. And that sounds nice if you say it three times, but if you keep saying it, here's a rose, here's a rose, it loses its, it gets stale. It becomes chewing the chewing. <laughs> because time acts on mundane vibrations, time dissipates. But anything uh, from the spiritual world, do not like that. It gets more and more relishable if we're actually in the right consciousness. So, yeah, thank you for that reminder. So, similarly, with these seminars, I know you won't be disappointed. Who was here in 2013 when I came? Okay. So, it's much better now. Because Prabhupada keeps showing me how to, you know, make the same points in better ways, and and better slides, and better stories, and it's it's tighter now, you know. So, it's really... It's a new it's a new day. It's a brand new version. And uh yeah. So please come. Okay. Any other yes, Pavu? <laughs> Let us take love. Good. Thank you for what I've done. I wonder. He's got a soft voice. Who <laughs> cool. is more about uh, the Rani and the Bapu and how the Vani is and most important and yes. uh, also inspired yes. in the Babu is supposed to inspire the Western around um, But yeah. then we just, we just send this nice person, to Miller and the Narada to offer this heartfelt prayer yeah. of having missed out on this Babu. Yeah. How are we going to understand that? It's natural. It's natural that, just like I joined the Hare Krishna movement in 1970, right? So people say, oh you're so what How am I lamenting? I'm lamenting because I was born just 20 blocks from 26 Second Avenue in 1966. But I was so... In 1966, I was such a rabid young man chasing sex, drugs, and rock and roll that I didn't join join until 1970. But I could have been there with Prabhupada. He was so close. Because why? In 1966, there were so few devotees, they would sit around with with Swamiji in his quarters, apartment two C, and twenty six second Avenue, and just talk about anything under the sun, and then Rama would always bring it to Krishna. <laughs> so I, I miss that. One. Even duet of Brahmachari, he joined in nineteen sixty eight at twenty six second Avenue. <laughs> he laments, why was, why was I just pursuing revolution, you know, like with the students in nineteen, well, you know, and it took me two years to get it. So it's natural, because when uh, Prabhupada was walking among us, we had both. We had, we had the instruction and the, and the papu, right? So, it's natural that you want to be, and we can have that when we go back with the Prabhupada. But, as Prabhupada said to Jamuna those who just wanted to be seen with Guru Maharaj, they were like mosquitoes, simply yeah. so so it's, it's the sound vibration, ultimately it's, the, it's by following the instruction that we become purified even, was it Duhi Krishnadas? was it the association of Mahaprabhu? was that the one? who was the one that got carried away by the Buddha Haris?
1: <laughs> Radha, Radha, Kala Krishnada.
0: Kala 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 Krala, not Krishna, that's yeah, that's yeah, Kala Krishna So you can be in the presence of Mahaprabhu. Or you can be Prabhupada's personal servant. And then when they landed on the moon, you might know this past time, right? Prabhupada watched the whole thing on TV in London. And then Prabhupada's personal servant got this, he, he, he he had shraddha, he had faith in, in NASA. That was his shraddha. Right? See, see the Prabhupada, look. They landed on the moon. And then Prabhupada said, See, I told you they couldn't land on the moon. Because <laughs> Prabhupada knows that at the very least, depending on how you see it, either they landed in Arizona, where I live, or they landed in Rahu. As Prabhupada also said, maybe they went to Rahu. Or at the very least, even if they went on that body, They couldn't enter into the atmosphere of that dimension because it's a heavenly planet. They didn't have the proper visa. They didn't have the proper body. They didn't have the proper consciousness. So (laughs) probably... See, I told him they didn't go to the moon. And um, and so, the servant scratching his head. And then he eventually left because he had more faith in the material scientists (laughs) than in the Bhagavan vision of the universe. So yeah, it's not about physical presence it's about uh, consciousness level of consciousness and we can, and as I say we have so, so much like I feel so much closer to Prabhupada now as I told you when Prabhupada was walking among us I was afraid of Prabhupada I mean, I, I loved him on some level but, you know, I was a refugee from the counterculture, so still a lot of residual uh, material desire there so, Prabhupada is like a roaring fire. And if you don't become like that, you just, <clears throat> it's too hot. You know, the fire's too hot. But I feel so much closer to Prabhupada now because now, what is it, 42 years, huh, 42 years ago on this titi, Prabhupada left this world. But I've been trying to follow his body. And so I feel not so afraid anymore. I feel like I really want to meet Shri Prabhupada, you know. I mean, I am meeting him every time I hear him, and every time I have his instructions, but I want to meet him, wherever he is. If he's preaching Leela or somewhere else, or... You know. So, it's a big theme of this seminar series, is that all, we all have equal opportunity, regardless of the God family or the generation, to have a foundational relationship with his divine grace as, as as his instructed followers. Regardless of I mean even that's that's more of an identity for me than being his initiated disciple. You're gonna hear me say that a lot in the seminar. I'm his instructed follower. And we all have that potential mm-hmm. to have that core identity. So if you want to hear more about that you've got to come to the seminar. This is, an ad- this is an advertisement. This is a, an unapologetic advertisement for the founder of Jari Assumption. <laughs> okay, it's 9.30. Any burning last comments or questions? Let's see, we're going to gather... When are we going to gather now? 10.30. 10.30, just an hour from now, with amages. So this is... An homage from me. And now it's your turn. Because we are all (coughs) Prabhupada and it is Srila Prabhupada. He does.